So, a current world champion fails a drugs test on more than one occasion. The WBC heavyweight champion of the world has his own personal hit list. And are we set for a rematch between two of Britain's long-term rivals in Billy Joe Saunders and Chris Eubank Jr.? And also, a former American president will appear on this Saturday night's commentary team on the Vander Holyfield and Vita Belfast card. This is Lights Out. I am Fessel Khan, and welcome to this weekly edition of the Lights Out Boxing Podcast. It's our 39th podcast, and as always, I've got a packed house. Delighted to be joined by Team GB prospect, Mr. Aaron Bowen, uh, one of Frank Warren's latest addition to his stable, Macaulay Owen, and the guy that, well, looks after him, keeps him busy in the, in the gym, and is a current boxing trainer, Mr. Shiny Singh. Uh, Lads, good evening to you. How is everybody doing? Very well, thanks. Very, very good. Yes, more than welcome, mate. You're more than welcome. We're glad you guys could join us. Um, Obviously, before we get started, we just want to remind the viewers out there if they haven't already, please hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, and of course, follow us on all the social media platforms. The links are below in the description, and you'll see Shiny, McCauley's, and Aaron's social media links as well so give them guys a follow make sure you keep up to date with them on social media uh like i said one's a team gb prospect and one is currently signed to frank warren's queensbury stable so exciting times for british boxing especially when you've got two of britain's youngest talents on today's platform glad to have you guys join us um what we do or with every podcast is we like to have a quick fire question so today's quick fire question is going to be well, we'll start off with Macaulay, seeing as he signed to the man. What is Frank Warren's best moment in boxing? Uh, Macaulay, floor's all yours, mate. Well, you put put me on put me on the spot now, haven't you? <laughs> uh, on, Frank Warren's best moment in boxing. Uh, to be honest, I, I, I'm not really not great with the um, the history books of boxing, but um, I'd, I'd probably say. Uh, uh, to be honest, to be honest with you, I, I couldn't really tell you. Um, there's... Come on, it could be any any one of Frank, well, any one of Frank Warren's fights that he's promoted. It could be I don't know one of his press conferences that he's enjoined. Um, it could be anything from Frank Warren. Uh, well, to be honest, I, I think it's what he's doing at the minute. To be honest, we bringing through uh, as many prospects as, as he is. He's uh, re really taken on board. Like it's like it's like taking the next step in boxing, really, isn't it? Mm -hmm. um, like g giving the prospects a chance uh, to, to to get them out there. Uh, he's taking on a lot more at the minute and uh, pu pushing them with their fights. So it's, it's giving everyone the chance to get through the ranks, uh, get 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 the coverage they need. Uh, I, I think that that's the most exciting thing for, for boxing at the minute. Um, I I definitely say that. Uh, takes takes the limelight away from all, all, all the top lads so much, and uh, gives gives the up and coming lads a, a chance. And not not many promoters have done that uh, across across yeah, the year. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And he is doing a he's doing a very good job as well, bringing all through all this young talent. Um, Aaron, what would you say is Frank Warren's best moment in boxing? Don't be shy. It could be anything. It could be anything that you feel is his best moment. You talk to me, Dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's cracking up a bit. I can't hear you. Sorry. It's all right. Um, Frank Warren's best moment in boxing. Frank Warren's best moment in boxing. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't really looked too much into Frank Warren's like sort of history in boxing, but I know he's produced a lot of good fighters and he's put on some And I was watching uh, Mike Tyson versus Bruno documentary the other day. I seen mm -hmm. Frank Warren was in the the front of that, so I suppose he's put on some massive shows of the uh, future uh, in the past. So yeah, yeah. So that I'd say big fights like Tyson and Bruno. That I'd say they're probably one of the best moments in his boxing. Like, 
Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with that. I think um, you look back at, well, definitely for Frank Bruno, it sort of um, made his career what it was. Um, and I think the first fight, he performed really well. He actually hurt Tyson, but obviously in the second fight, it was, um, I would say, a bit of a mismatch. But no, definitely Bruno versus Tyson, you know, those two fights, the way he promoted them was, was really good. I remember um, Christy Martin, the female boxer, you know, the the lady that everybody says made female boxing what it is also featured, and that's when kind of female boxing sort of took off. So definitely agree with you on that. Um, Shiny, what's your favourite Frank Warren moment in boxing? What do you think his best moment's been? Um, specifically, Frank Warren, I guess it, it's obviously got to be what he's um, what he's done with uh, Frank Warren, I would imagine. Uh, with uh, Tyson Fury, uh, it's been a miracle what he's worked with him, and obviously that association with uh, Tyson Fury getting him to bring back the belts and and etc. was fantastic. Yeah, so I'd say probably now historically that, that'll probably go down for the next uh, next generation generation after that. It'll be spoken of in the likes of some of the other light heavyweight legends. So yeah, I'd probably say his involvement with Fury is fantastic. Yeah, do you know what? I mean, you literally just took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say the Tyson Fury uh, comeback. I mean, what he's done with Tyson Fury, not just inside the ring, but how he's helped his profile grow in America. You know, which heavyweight champion do you see featured on WWE these days? I mean, it's just, he's done an amazing job. And I think prior to Tyson Fury, a lot of people were giving him stick about, oh, he doesn't promote his fighters like this. His fighters are never in big fights. He brings back Tyson Fury. And then he takes him um, to LA and he puts in that masterclass performance against Deontay Wilder in their first fight. And then he just, you know, he doesn't he doesn't throw him into a deep end. He just keeps on raising his profile with the whole WWE, the mental awareness. He's an ambassador now for mental health. And then obviously now you've seen Tyson's last few fights have been in America. So I think his best moment in boxing for me has to be the bringing Tyson Fury back into boxing. So I'll agree with Shiny on that. Um, Got a lot to talk about today on this show. Obviously, we'll start off with one of the main talking topics in boxing, and that's Oscar Valdez, the current WBC super featherweight champion, has tested positive for a banned substance called fentamine. Uh, the WBC and this commission, which I've never heard of, has sanctioned his bout for, I believe it's tomorrow night against Robson Conqueo. Um You know what? When I heard this news... I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. Like, boxing's taken a battering over the last few months for many, many reasons. But I think this one really, really does take the biscuit. Now, everybody's got an opinion. But you fail one drugs test, you kind of give the guy the benefit of the doubt. You wait for the B-sample to come back. But then when you fail a second test, I mean, that just says it all for me. And the fact that this commission that I've never heard of and the WBC... One of the biggest, you know, body governing commissions in boxing have allowed this fight to go ahead. I mean, like, I like to try and be as fair as possible, but are we, are we sort of forgetting that this is the most dangerous sport in the world? We, I mean, now it's we're like more or less saying it's okay to give the defending world champion an upper hand coming into a fight to defend his world title against a mandatory challenger. And he's just failed two drugs tests. I mean, I, I really, really don't know what to make of it. It's just, it is, uh, for me, it's disgusting and something needs to be done. Um, guys, I want to get your thoughts on this. This fails drugs test for Oscar Valdez. Yeah, it's... Uh, um... It, it, it's it's obviously controversial. I know I've seen other people put quite a lot of stuff about it, but um, yeah, I agree with you. Um, no one no one likes a drug cheat. Um, the, the game, as you can see, is already hard enough. Um, I think just recently, obviously, we had a female boxer just pass away um, after a bout that she had in a ring. Um, it's how hard that sport is. You know, it's a dangerous sport where where boxers do really put their lives on the line sometimes so for anyone to think that they can have an advantage by by using any uh, performance enhancement drugs really sh sh shouldn't even cross anyone's mind but then 
for it to be picked up, which is what the reason for the drug testing is there for, and then the bouts will be allowed to go for it, um, is, is questionable, definitely. Now, we've got, got a few comments from here. Mosi Gulshi, a guy who appears in our um, podcast and he's a member of Team Lights, and goes, absolutely shameful with how the WBC have reacted. Got another one from one of our biggest fans out there. He's always commenting on our videos. Is uh, the boxing lover. The WBC are the biggest scam artist in boxing. If you don't believe me, then just ask Dillian White. It's a fair point. Um, uh, Macaulay, what was your thoughts on when you heard the news of Oscar Valdez failing two drug tests and with how things have gone on since that, the fact that he's allowed to fight, what have you made of it all? Yeah, no, it is disgusting, really. Uh, safety's got to be the, the first port of call in boxing uh, for the boxers. Obviously, we, we do genuinely put put your life on your line uh, when you're in there. Like you, you don't fight half-heartedly. Like you go out there to to do damage at the end of the day, especially in the pro game. Like there's enough damage inflicted on on the boxers as it is. You, you see them finishing the fights with cuts and lumps and bumps everywhere. Um, so for 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 someone to be dope into is going to potentially increase you know testing positive for a banned substance they're obviously doing it for a reason to get that advantage like to 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 inflict potentially more harm to to your opponent like the, the, it shouldn't be allowed for for one and like the ban should in my eyes the ban should be a lot longer for than what it is anyway um so, someone said on social media the other day that the guy should be given a lifetime ban and the wbc should be removed from boxing in a whole because of how not only they've acted with this situation but what they've done with the likes of dillian white in the past and, you know, Maurizio Suleiman, how he's, you know, made number one challenges wait longer than they have to. Um, you sort of want to give him the benefit of the doubt. But when this is happening, you know, of a current world champion, a fighter like Oscar Valdez, you know, who was involved in one of the fights of the year when he beat Miguel Burchell um, earlier on during the year. I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. And listen, I really don't see why this fight is going ahead. I don't see why this fight should be going ahead. You know, as, like I said, I'd like to be as fair as possible. When you're failing two drug tests, I think the right answer to this, the right punishment should have been is he should have been stripped of the world title. Yeah. And they should, what they should have done is they should have, you know, they should have, the, the fight should not be going ahead. You know, Robson Conkeo, he should not be in that fight on Saturday night. If he gets hurt on Saturday night, Tony Belly said it in one of his interviews, and I agree. If he was to get hurt on Saturday night, this could finish boxing. And I'm just praying to God that this does not happen. I'm praying to God this isn't the case, but this fight should not be going ahead. Whoever this commission is that we've never heard of, you know, you should be ashamed of yourself. But for the WBC, they should know a whole lot better. And for them to sanction this man, to not even strip the guy of his world title, it just says it all about the WBC. You know, one of the main governing bodies that I have a lot of respect for. But let's move on now because, as I mentioned, the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury, the WBC heavyweight champion, um, done several interviews yesterday and it was announced that BT Sport will be will be you know broadcasting the fight between him and Deontay Wilder on October 9th. It's going to be a pay-per-view event. Never expected anything less. Um, he's got a bit of a hit list and funnily enough, he's called out Dillian White. And we know him and Dillian White have had several back and forths online and social media, but I never really knew it was that serious between them two. Um, but yeah, McCordy, what did you make of um, him calling out uh, Dillian White and obviously his new hit list saying he wants to come back and fight Dillian White and end his career by fighting Derek Chisora in the stadium. Yeah, I mean, he literally called out everyone. He said it, and anyone and everyone said they can get it. I think it's exciting for the heavyweight division. Um, like all, all the lads, especially on the on the on the British scale, uh, the the heavyweight boxing is is at its best in, in my eyes. Um, like the the fights are all ma massively exciting. Um, that like the all of them put put any of them together, it's going to be a great fight. It's going to sell out stadium like, so it is great for 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 British boxing. Um, I do think though Tyson Fury is uh, is is on a is on a takeover. I think he's uh he, he's the uh, he's the man to 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 rule the division in my eyes. Um, anyone you put in front of him, I just think his ability, his boxing brain, uh, just just grit like it's everything about him. But what 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 he's come through. Uh, is just put put him in a best stead to, to to push through in the toughest fights. So I genuinely think that Fury, Fury will will pull them all and put put anybody in front of him, and he'll whether it's like points or whether he'll take them out the other against um, Wilder. Obviously, like he, he can turn the gas when he needs to. Uh, yeah, he's a serious guy in the heavyweight division. Shiny, obviously the heavyweight division um, suffered 
massive heartbreak a couple of months ago when we realised that Deontay Wilder's won this arbitration case and we'll have to wait slightly a little longer for that um, undisputed clash between him and, uh, and Joshua. But he says that the plan is to get past Wilder and maybe have another fight. I can't see him fighting twice in four or five months, but I do think what is likely to happen is he beats Wilder and then hopefully we can get that clash with Joshua that's if he can beat Alexander Usyk. But do you still believe we get to see that fight between Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua at some point, perhaps mid-2022? Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a big question, and it's a question that's on um, that's on everyone's minds. But, um, yeah, I do. I do believe we'll see the fight. But um, I don't think it'd be straightforward, and boxing never is. And everyone thinks that, obviously... Um, Wilder will get in by Fury and then AJ will beat Usyk and then we'll have this massive bout. Um, I do think Fury goes through Wilder, but there's just something about Usyk which could be a little bit risky, I think. And um, what we may see is one of them losing possibly and then that might retract you know, how, how much of a big fight this is and then Oh, it might grow into just the need for it and then they might go in opposite directions. I mean, boxing is that sport that's always filled with surprises, isn't it? I mean, mm. we've seen it numerous times and uh, I think this could be one of those situations, really. And it's not necessarily even saying that Joshua beats Usyk. Maybe Fury underestimates Wilder this third time. Wilder walks him onto something and he doesn't get up. There's so many variables in these next two bouts. I think it's hard to really look at anything past that. Yeah, no, look, I agree. I'm, look, for, for me, I've always believed in heavyweight boxing. You know, anyone can be anyone on the night, kind of in any sort of division, but especially this one. I mean, if you rewind back to, what, two years ago, did we ever believe Andy Ruiz was going to knock out Andy Joshua? No, we didn't, you know. And did we ever think Tyson exactly. Fury... Will do what he did to Deontay Wilder in the second fight. I don't think these next two defenses for Joshua and Fury are as easy as people make out. I mean, if you what if you obviously watch social media, you see Deontay Wilder. Now I know we shouldn't get excited over watching a one-two-minute clip, but he looks as if he is training very hard for this fight. And I've seen certain things on these clips with Malik Scott that he's doing a lot more body work, he's using a lot more foot movement, he's using his head a lot more. And I've you know, listen. It could be a troubled time for Tyson Fury. You know, he's had a few family issues outside the ring. You know, we're glad to hear everything is all well, especially the arrival of his new little daughter. But, you know, these things could potentially play a part. And I'm just hoping, you know, he doesn't get, you know, miscomplacent because before you know it, we could be getting ready for Fury versus Wilder 4. Um, in terms of Alexander Usyk, um, Macaulay, how much of a chance are you giving him September 25th against Anthony Joshua? Do you honestly believe... He can beat Anthony Joshua, or do you think it's just another win for AJ? I, I definitely don't think it's just it's just going to be another win for AJ. Oh, I, I think it'll be pushed. Um, I just don't, don't think Usyk will be enough. I, I've said it, everyone I spoke to about this. I just said it, he, he won't be big enough. Uh, the, I think AJ's range, like he's smart, he's smart at what he's done. Um, the, the size of him will, will tell. Um, he's much more athletic in the ring than he has been in, in previous fights. Um, it's it's gonna put push him through the fight. I can't really really see you to get into him. If he can, then that that's that's all, all, all fair play to him. Uh, he's a very skillful like heavyweight. But is he a heavyweight? Like is is he actually heavyweight? Like when you look at it, um, yeah. So I, I, me personally, I, I I'd say no. I'd like to see him do it. I, I love a good southpaw. So you know, um, I'd love to see him do it, but not me personally. Another good thing that we've, um, uh, <laughs> as of lately, is we've seen a lot of back and forth between uh, Tyson Fury towards Anthony Joshua and Eddie Hearn. Um, I don't know if you guys watched his interview uh, with Gary Neville on the overlap the other day, but some of the things he had to say about uh, Eddie Hearn and <laughs> Anthony Joshua were very hilarious. And that's one thing about Tyson Fury. He is a very hilarious um, individual. Um, I'm not going to repeat some of the things he said, but is it now getting to a point where hearing this, Back and forth between the between Tyson towards Joshua and Hearn, is it getting a bit you know out of control, or do you think they need to do this to sell that fight to keep that fight relevant? Because I personally look at it and I think, look, 
yes, everybody likes a bit of needle and like everybody likes to see the spice be a bit, sorry, the fight be a bit spiced up. But I also think at the same time that that fight sells itself because number one, you got two British heavyweights that are fighting for the undisputed champion of the world. I don't think there's any bigger selling point than that. But guys, what's your thoughts on it? Do you think they need to carry on with this back and forth? Is this what sells the fight? Or do you think it could be just, you know what? You messed us around, so we can't stand yours. This just Tyson Fury doing what he does best in playing his mind game. Shiny, start with you. Yeah, I agree with your point there. I don't actually think it's there to sell the fight. I think Tyson Fury just really doesn't like Eddie Hearn and Anthony Joshua. And he is a guy that speaks his mind, and that's exactly what he's doing in those situations. He's just speaking his mind. Um, so I, I don't think it's actually there. I just think that sees, that sees him voicing his opinion about what he thinks about Eddie Hearn, how he carries himself, and what he thinks about Anthony Joshua. Yeah, as you said, well, the fight sells itself. Everyone knows exactly, that. exactly. Listen, when was the last time we was in a position to say we're going to get an undisputed heavyweight title clash and both the fighters are from Britain? You know, I, I can't remember when was the last exactly. time, and I do, yeah. I, I do think Tyson Fury can't stand Eddie Hearn, but I also can, I can see why Eddie Hearn sort of bit at him as of lately. You know, for the last five months, he was getting hounded by not only just Fury's uh, people, Bob Arum, Frank Warren, you know, the whole of the the British public you know the boxing world are, are you going to deliver this fight between uh fury and joshua you can't do it we're in the middle of a pandemic and when he gets the deal done he gets told from bob aram well we can't take that fight now because we just lost an arbitration case so i do feel for eddie hearn in a way because he put in so much time and effort in making the fight and then he misses out due to an arbitration case and it's not even his fight involved so you can imagine with it those five months what he could have done with Joshua. I mean, maybe Joshua could have fought at the beginning of that process when he was trying to make the Joshua Fury fight and then we could be moving on to Joshua's second fight of the year. So I do I do feel for Eddie Hearn in a way. Uh, Macaulay, do you believe that that fight between Fury and Joshua does happen regardless if they have the belts or if they don't? It, it has to happen, doesn't it? It, it has to happen for, for, for boxing at the end of the day. Uh, the greats have got to box the greats and that's what makes boxing so great at the end of the day if it didn't happen it would be a shame obviously um i just think that the fight sells that the fight will be the, the probably the biggest fight in boxing history like it would be for me anyway uh to actually put those two in the ring together especially at the point of their career they are um yeah the the, the winner the winner takes all really uh, obviously, AJ's had the had the loss, um, but what was he in the right frame of mind then? Um, I, I think it's it's got to happen. It's got to happen, isn't it? It's not only got to happen, McCauley. It has to happen. They are, yeah. It's old to boxing fans, you know. We this is the fight we want to see. You know, this is the fight that if we had to choose. It would be this one. And I, listen, I hope it does happen. And you know what? To be honest with you, I'm not even bothered if it's an undisputed clash. And just want to see um just want to see the fight happen got a few comments from uh tattoo face gaming ask shiny is he decent at warzone i'm gonna let you guys discuss that fury is a legend and the trash talk is what gets the undecided people interested Fear comments, I think, you know li listen a lot of people didn't don't didn't really like Derek chisora but they did like him after he threw a table at dillian white you know, I remember, if you look back on that actual video on YouTube, there's a lot of comments saying, didn't really know much about this Chisora guy. But what I did know is I never liked him at the beginning, but now it seems very entertaining. I can't see Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua throwing a table at each other, but what I can see is Tyson Fury just playing, you know, constant mind games in the build-up to that fight. Listen, fingers crossed that fight does happen. But as we said at the start of this topic, they both have to get through their title defences um, October 9th and September 25th. Uh, we'll move on because we're talking about another British rivalry which is brewing up again. Billy Joe Saunders, the two-weight world champion, wants £5 million to fight Chris Eubank Jr. Um, news broke to us last week that Chris Eubank Jr. signed a contract with Sky Sports. Billy Joe Saunders, we haven't heard much of him since that devastating loss to Canelo Alvarez. But we have to look at it in two ways. One, Billy Joe Saunders... Has never really been much of an active fighter. And two, Chris Eubank Jr. really, really wants that rematch because he believes he's better than Chris than Billy Joe Saunders. And to be honest with you, it is a fight that I would like to see again. Um, 
But first of all, guys, let's just talk a bit about Billy Joe Saunders. As I just said, we haven't seen much of him since that defeat to Canelo Alvarez. Now, he done an interview with TalkSport today. He said in that interview, this is the only fight that I want. Give me £5 million, I'll take the fight. It's the only fight that makes sense to me. Those were pretty much his words. But do you look at this Eubank Jr. fight and really believe that this is the fight that makes sense to him? Or is there potential other fights that, that he could be considering right now? Um, I, I don't think Billy Joel Saunders really wants to be much longer after that Canelo defeat and some of the injuries that he sustained. So is this the fight that makes sense from a business point of view? Yes. And boxing is a, a professional boxing is a business. And he wants five million. Will he get five million anywhere else? For other bouts, probably not. That domestic rivalry sells as a rematch. And I think it goes pretty much the same way the first time. So it's a safe bet for him at the same time as well. Yeah, well, that's, that's a good point. I mean, but I look, Shadi, I've got a bit, I've got to um, agree to you to some sort of extent. I, I actually think there are still four or five fights out that he could consider. One is the, um, the Demetrius Andre fight, uh, two is, I think, a Golovkin fight. You know, I think these young middleweight, super middleweights should be looking at Golovkin right now. I think this is the perfect time to get in the ring with him. Um, there's a potential fight with Charlo. You know, there's Benavidez up at super middleweight. There's still fights out there for him. But if he's saying, look, this is the fight that's going to make the money for him. And this is what he wants to bow out. And then look, fair play to him. At least he's not, you know, trying to fub off the British press. Uh, sorry, the British public. Uh, Macaulay, what is the right move next for Billy Joe Saunders, especially after the defeat to Canelo Alvarez? Well, I think it's box you, bank and get out. You know, get get your money and get out for me. Uh, yeah, he has been very inactive over the years. Uh, the chance to get that, that kind of money. I mean, in my eyes, he does deserve that kind of money, to be fair. Um, the, he built up a hope for the, for the Canelo fight. Uh, obviously, it didn't go to plan for him, but um, I, I didn't really think he, he he would have had much chance against Canelo either, either way, really. Uh, but I do think that the Eubank fight would be a great fight uh, for, for for the British public, but the, the, the will really uh, again um, a, a fight like that, the 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 rivalry they had, they did build build up on the first one, and uh, I, I mean Eubank got got to him a few times in, in the first start, first one. I mean he like. He, he tried his best to give it to him, so I mean, you, you gotta give his give credit where credit credit's due. Like, and give give him the rematch. I'd say. I was discussing what you just said something about Eubank Junior. Did which I just I just want to touch on. I was discussing this the other day with a friend of mine who's also into his boxing, and he goes, "The only real main guy out there right now that would genuinely try and knock Canelo out is Eubank Junior. because of how he fights." I actually have to agree with that as well because many fighters have fought. Canelo in the last three, four years on his way to becoming the number one pound for pound fighter in the world. And you have to really question, have many of those fighters turned up believing they could actually win? Now, regardless of what you say about Eubank Jr., okay, so he, you know, he's a bit arrogant towards who's ever in his corner. But I actually do think he is the one guy that would, would turn up to fight Canelo and be like, you know what, I'm actually genuinely going to come and try and knock you out. Others have tried fighting Canelo and they've tried beating him, beat him you know, Technically, they tried beating him with simple boxing uh, IQ. It's not really happened. The good thing about Eubank Jr. is he's the guy that will literally throw everything, including the kitchen sink, to the very last second of a fight. Um, so that's what I think is very, very exciting with Eubank Jr. And it is going to be interesting to see how his career pans out with Roy Jones in his, in his corner. We've only seen him fight once, so it is going to be really interesting to see what happens next. But having said that, I can't see another fight with Billy Joe Saunders happening. Um, I'm a big Billy Joe Saunders fan. I'm a massive fan of his style. I actually thought he performed quite decent against Canelo up until the fight got stopped. But I just think Billy Joe Saunders, I can't see him fighting again. I really wish he does carry on fighting and he does get in the ring with the opponents that I've mentioned. But I just can't see it happening. I just think he's made good money now. Two-weight world champion. I just think he looks at it and thinks there's nothing more that I need to achieve or prove. But I personally would love to see him carry on fighting. Um, Shiny, does this fight happen in your opinion? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I think it happens. Um, purely because 
Sky have taken on Chris Eubank Jr., haven't they? Um, and they've got this new big um, deal with um, Boxer and they're making a big statement with Chris Eubank Jr. being one of their main boxers. And I think that bout with um, Billy Joel Saunders is the one really some lucky for them. Um, and I think when you're starting out with that new deal, uh, it makes business sense for Sky to try and push that. So I think that if, there's a, if there was ever a time that somebody would pay Billy Joel Saunders $5 million, I think it would be now under this new deal. Yeah, definitely. And um, as a lot a lot of people in the media have been saying that obviously Sky Sports without Eddie Hearn and his crop of fighters are going to need a massive fight to sort of kickstart this new era that they've got. But when you look at some of the names they've got, it's really exciting times. We touched on this in our last podcast. Macaulay, Billy Joe Saunders versus Chris Eubank Jr. too. Is it a fight that you want to see? Do you think it happens? Yeah, yeah. I mean, as I said, it like, it's another one of them that that, that should happen. I mean, uh, Eubank wants to rematch Billy Joe Saunders. Obviously, he's not not in the position where he really need, needs the rematch as such. But if they can offer the 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 money that he's looking for, it'd be it'd be a no brainer. I'd like to see it myself. But I do like Chris Eubank and I, and I do like Billy Joe Saunders. So uh, to put them, put them both in the ring together would be would be a good fight. I think it'd be an entertaining fight to like to say the least. Um, yeah, I, I think I think Eubank will get to Billy Joe. I think um, I, th- I think he's kind of like not 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 lost as such. He's, he's, he's still got it there. Obviously, like you say against Canelo, he, he started well, uh, but but has he been active enough? Has he been uh, able to sustain that? Can he do the full twelve against someone who is going to press him for the full fight and keep it keep it entertaining? It's good to see with both with the age that they both had as well that there's still a potential great domestic clash in the 160, 168 division. And I can't see it happening. I just think too many egos involved. And I think, I personally do think Eubank Jr. right now, if he got offered a chance to fight a Golovkin or a Canelo rather than a Billy Joe Saunders, I think for his career, it probably makes more sense to go forward rather than to a past you know, opponent that he's fought as well. Um, tattoo phase gaming as well. What's your views on Trump getting into boxing? Well, that is our next topic because... The former U.S. President Donald Trump is to join the thriller commentary team for Evander Holyfield versus Vita Belfort this Saturday night at a Hard Rock Cafe on the sort of Legends card. As originally, it was meant to be Oscar De La Hoya versus Vitor Belfort, but um, Oscar De La Hoya unfortunately caught COVID. We hope he's getting well and we wish him a speedy recovery. Um, before we talk a bit about this Legends card that we've got on Saturday night, let's talk about the former US president. Um, when I read it yesterday, I don't know whether to cringe or whether to cry. Uh, Donald Trump commentating for a legend like Evander Holyfield. Um, Macaulay, we've seen some pretty iffy moves happen in boxing as of late. We've seen Jake Paul you know, rising up in boxing. What do you make of Donald Trump coming into the sport? Not only just as a commentator but also a guy that's going to commentate for a legend like Evander Olivier. yeah it is what it is boxing's turned it's entertainment now isn't it uh there's too much money flying around uh people's pockets for 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 things like it's not to happen really uh I, I think like money money no it does not take an over in boxing but obviously it, it is at the head of most professional sports uh where there's money that they'll be Entertainment, like um, I think Trump being on, on involved is just another one of them, and it's just, it's just to bring more more viewers, like especially with the, the the very recent history with Trump, it's just going to bring more viewers to boxing, which might not be a bad thing as as such. Uh, doesn't sit well associating with the with the legends and of the game. Uh, I, I don't like that really. Um, but. Yeah, if you're bringing more people to boxing, if it's going to bring more more people to boxing up and down the levels, levels like um, and the coverage, I can't see it really really being a bad thing. Yeah, no, I'm just hoping he doesn't turn around midway through the fight and start talking about the Mexican wall and how the Mexicans should pay for it. I'm just really hoping he doesn't say anything controversial because he's a very controversial character. Um, Shiny, you're a big boxing fan, as you know, I can tell by following you on social media. Uh, what was your take on 
hearing Donald Trump is going to be commentating for Evander Holyfield versus Vita Belfort. Yeah, I think I'd probably echo what McCauley said, to be honest. Um, I think I saw what Tyson Fury put something up earlier today, where he commented on the fact of everyone going mad about YouTubers and Jake Paul and etc. boxing. And he said, um, if it's bringing viewers that, that wouldn't normally watch boxing to watch them, then I guess it's it's got to be good for everyone in the sport. And, and you can see that a little with Jake Paul, but my only issue with Donald Trump is probably the controversy around what he actually stands for, what he was brought into presidency for. And then that board with commentating with somebody like, um, on somebody like Evander Holyfield. I don't know, there's the argument something wrong could be said at any given point. Um, and I don't know what the repercussions of that would be. So, yeah, it's a, it's a real if you were me. Instruction goal. It depends what Donald Trump ends up, really, as to how good it's going to be for the sport. Because what we don't want to be is the headlines be around what Donald Trump said, as opposed to witnessing Evander Holyfield back in the ring again, a, a legend. 100%, you know. It's not every day you get to see a legend like Evander Holyfield get back in the ring. And I really do hope it all works out for him on Saturday night. And I really, really hope that it's not shown by... I just hope we don't look back on the event and people are like, oh, but forget the fight itself. Do you remember what Trump said during commentary and Trump said uh, during after commentary? You know, I look, I mean, Triller, I'll take my hats off to him. I think they've done a brilliant job in terms of putting these events on. You know, the amount of money that they're coming up with, especially at a time during like this, you know, we're still sort of in the pandemic. You know, from what I'm hearing, David Hayes getting more money for this fight with Joe Fournier on Saturday night than he did with his second fight against Tony Bentley. So you can't knock them for what they've done for some of the names that they've got in their card. But at the same time, you have to like sort of question Donald Trump. You know, this is a guy that, you know, was everyone, especially the majority of the... Uh, the US public were glad to see the back of him when he lost the uh, the US elections, you know, and everybody didn't agree with his with his philosophy and his and his uh, his time in charge. But he is a very controversial character. But having said that, I can't really see him saying something out of the unordinary come Saturday night, and I really hope he doesn't say it. But you know, let's forget about Donald Trump. Let's talk because we, uh, a bit about the fight itself. Uh, Evander Holyfield versus. Vita Belfort. Um, it was originally meant to be Oscar De La Hoya fighting uh, Vita Belfort, as I mentioned, but he contracted COVID. Um, we've seen a few clips of Evander Holyfield on social media, hitting the pads, doing a bit of workout. It's it's a 59-year-old Evander Holyfield. You know, let's remember that. It's not a young Evander Holyfield. It's not the same Evander Holyfield that achieved so many great things. Where do you guys stand on guys like Holyfield and and Tyson and Roy Jones coming back into sport at such a late age and taking these exhibitions. We'll start off with you, McCauley. I think, uh, yeah, like I said, for, for the entertainment value of it, like it's obviously that they are massive names, they're legends in in, in the game, uh, so like some of the best. But they, they're well past it. Like I, I, I don't think it's good for. I, I think it was a shame watching Tyson. Uh, back then because he just wasn't half of what he was back in the day I mean for for me I think they should leave it where they were like the the clips and the videos and and you got your highlight reels or what they were that they'll not be anything near to that so the the modern area aren't, aren't actually experiencing them for, like, for the best they're, they're getting to see them in the ring don't get me wrong it's it's good they're trying trying to give it another go um I don't really know what for because They've had their best days in boxing. Um, yeah, so that, that's that's my opinion. Maybe like, yeah, maybe they, they shouldn't be shouldn't be at it really. Shiny, what's your thoughts on um, Evander Holyfield, a fifty-nine-year-old Evander Holyfield, not only coming back into boxing but taking this fight on two weeks' notice? Bear in mind, a lot of people will be watching this fight because it does fall on September the eleventh, and it is a, seen as a celebration for the nine eleven tragedy. Yeah, so I just wanted um, to firm, is, is it B 
being classed as an exhibition bout or is it an actual an exhibition yeah bout? no it's an, ex an exhibition bout exhibition. yeah but we see when you say exhibition yeah. we see mike tyson and um roy jones jr in an exhibition and mike tyson jones, treating it like yeah. it was a normal fight for him do you know what i mean yeah true yeah um i guess it brings some questions in allowing somebody like Evander Holyfield at 59 years old, especially again, I'll bring up again, somebody passed away a few weeks ago, a, a girl, a Mexican girl um, in about, and regardless of it being an action or an actual contest, people are taking blows to the head. And at 59 years old, that can't be healthy for anyone really, can it? No. So um, that's the be all and end all. Yes, there's some money value. Yes, there's some entertainment. But there, does that outweigh the risk of somebody sustaining some injury at 50, 60 years old yeah especially on this as well do, do you know what it is right I've, I, someone said to me a, a trainer i can't remember which trainer said to me he goes that when a fighter retires from boxing they never really retire they, the love they still have for the sport you know the burn inside the, you know the fire inside them that they still have never goes and i think it's just that you know, so, that temptation. Uh, I, I agree with that. But th then there's other avenues, isn't there? You know, mm. people start coaching. People start mentoring. You know, there's so many other avenues to keep you involved in this sport. So you've finished actually competing. That there shouldn't really be the need for you to have to go back in commentary, pundancy. Um, loads, of, loads of avenues. You've seen a number of boxers now that have finished that are still involved in the sport quite heavily, but they aren't being punched in face for it. 100%, I agree with you on that. And um, I just look at it and I just think it's just that that temptation to dance under the lights one more time. And I hope I hope it doesn't get hurt on Saturday night. I hope it's just a little tap session, a little, you know, nip and tuck sparring session. And, and that's it. Having said that, I'm looking forward to seeing um, David Hay and Joe Fournier get it on. And you can tell that there's a bit of bad blood between them two. Um, and of course, David Hay was sort of like, you know, sort of teasing us, saying that if he puts in a good performance on Saturday night, he might carry on doing this. It's, it, listen, it's crazy times, but yeah, as I said, you know, yeah, yeah, there's a talk of Bellew, guys. He'd love to fight Klitschko again. I mean, look, you know, these guys are fighters. Macaulay would tell you himself, Shiny, you work in the industry 24 7. That temptation just doesn't seem to want to go away with some people. So, listen, good luck to Evander, Vito. You know, and the rest of the guys featuring that card, and let's just hope um, Mr. Donald Trump doesn't uh, take the limelight. Uh, final topic, we'll talk a bit about some of the guys that have joined us today, the futures of Aaron Bowen and Macaulay Owen. Um, Aaron obviously could not uh, see out to the end of the podcast uh, due to technical issues, so we'll talk a bit about Macaulay, start off with him. Um, Macaulay, we started off this podcast by talking about the guy that promotes you, Mr. Frank Warren. So talk to us, how did that all come about, you getting promoted by Frank Warren? And um, what's the, the plan for the next 18 months with you in Queensbury? Uh, yeah, so I had a, I had a good, good few few years in the senior game of, of my amateur career. Uh, won a fair few gold medals uh, in, in a few tournaments. So I really like like stamp stamp my place at the top of the amateur game. I think, um, like pre COVID, we was going in the obviously elite ABAs, the the top nationals, like expecting to win. And I was going in there for for, for nothing less. Uh, and then obviously, COVID struck, so uh, put us put put us on hold really. And that was the chance. Then I, I saw where I was in the amateur game. I, I really felt like I, I, I was getting getting close to 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 the top of the game uh, on the English scene. Um. So yeah, we we just thought, well, why not? Why not dip into it with with, with the professional game? Uh, we obviously got 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 in touch with my, my manager, uh, Errol Johnson, um, to, to to see what we could do, see whether it worth ma making the transition and, and and turning over. Um. So obviously, yeah, that, that that's how we got in in connection with with Frank Warren. Um. So we got that. Uh. And obviously. Now post COVID, we de debuts the ninth of October. It's, it's just the start, really. We've just, we've been put put back a few times, but been training flat out the the whole way through. Uh, there's been there's been no stop. I could do a break probably. Um, but yeah, other than that, we're we're well ready to go. We've transitioned. We've changed the style a fair bit. 
uh, making sure we're punching a lot harder, uh, much much more aggressive in the style. Obviously, like, like we've been mentioning throughout this podcast, like boxing's entertainment at the end of the day. You've you got to entertain mm. the viewers. You've got to entertain those who are watching. Uh, it's, 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 all, it's all good winning a fight by boxing long and, and being the smart fighter. But, you know, what, what's, what's going to bring people to, to, to the to the screens, what's going to get them watching you. Shani, how much praise and credit do you give to people like Macaulay who obviously have got that big promotional deal but have also had to be patient and calm due to the pandemic, due to dates getting rolled back? How how much you know praise do you give the guy for the hard work and for the patience that he's shown over the last 18 months, especially during lockdown? Yeah, I mean, it's massive. Um, the sport is difficult, as it is, as we all know, but psychologically to then be able to keep professional, um, maintain your nutrition and in, in your strength and conditioning, your training, without really knowing what the future holds in reality, how long we were going to be up for. Uh, we were still kind of having that little break and then thinking we were going to go back into the amateurs again, but then it just prolonged and prolonged and prolonged and then the decision was made that it would be better to, to turn over because of the length of time it took until a tournament was going to be available in the amateurs again. So, I mean, it, I take my hat off to not only Macaulay, but a number of boxers that have had to wait a, a massive time to get that opportunity to box again. And even more so with Macaulay, I mean, we felt unfortunate with the date in August, um, which then fell through. So then you've got to look at being out for almost 16 months, getting to point where you're almost ready to box and that be pulled and then a new date being given to you you know almost eight ten weeks later but credit to Macaulay um he stuck at it um in fantastic shape I mean we were discussing today there, we took a picture in the gym today and, and the kid looks like he's ready to weigh in on the scales tomorrow if he wanted to um so yeah yeah it, but I think that will show when he boxes he has taken this very seriously um we aren't in here to just play games. Um, if that's the case, then we wouldn't be entering into the program. Um, we've set some goals, and 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 I truly do believe that he will achieve those goals. Macaulay, not on, on obviously the pressure's always on whenever you get in the ring, as I can imagine. But debut's on October 9th, and we're hearing that Yard Arthur Two could fall on that card as well. But also a few hours later. You've got Fury versus Wilder. So a lot of people are going to be glued into BT Sport that night. That night. So how much more excitement does that get, give you? Not only that you've had to wait, but also it's on the same night as the highly anticipated rematch between Anthony Yard and Lyndon Arthur. And of course, the third fight between Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. It, surely you've got to go in there and put on something, a very explosive performance come October the 9th. Yeah, yeah that, 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 that word explosive is what I'll keep referring to myself as like in the, the performance that day is going to be that because we're going to make a statement we're coming fresh onto the scene uh it's, it's going to it's going to go off of a bang it's going to be explosive uh like i said to, to be put back from the august show i was absolutely devastated but then to find out I'm, I'm on such a big card now it just sets us up in, in, in better stead like he keeps saying to everyone i'm in the best shape of my life i'm punching harder than i ever ever have it in my life so what what better way to come onto the scene as to be on that card well listen mate the, the it's a great chance it's, it's, it's a great chance to really you know um, show the world what you made of because like i said there's gonna be a lot of people glued into BE sports that night um and uh, shiny we just talked to us a bit about aaron as i mentioned before um due to technical issues you couldn't see out the rest of the podcast but he's currently with team gb he's got uh, paris 2024 on his mind you know uh, what, what, what can he see him achieving come the next Olympics? And is there a potential chance he may even look to turn pro before that? Yeah, so um, Aaron's a, a fantastic, as is Macaulay. Um, I mean, if we're looking at it, he, he was senior elite ABAs um, at what 21 years old, which is a fantastic feat. Tri-Nation gold medalist. Um, he'd won a youth Commonwealth gold in the Bahamas. 17 years old so he's proven nationally and internationally um he was ben whitaker's chief sparring partner three weeks out um of the games for gb set up been a fantastic talent who went out and won an olympic silver medal so 
that kind of shows the caliber of where Aaron's at at such a young age. Um, if we're looking at the future, then I think before Paris, you've got to look at next year. Um, a massive opportunity in Birmingham at the Commonwealth Games, senior Commonwealth Games. Aaron's already um, won a youth Commonwealth goal. He's a Midland kid um, with the opportunity to possibly be able to box him for what would be a home crowd for um, for Aaron. So I think that that's the goal that we're looking at at the minute. That's where he's setting himself um, to be in contention to be going to the Commonwealth Games next year. And then obviously, should we do well, should we get picked? Then there's the opportunity, obviously, to have those discussions about Paris. <laughs> but there, there, there's there's some fantastic opportunities out there for Aaron. He's, he's not short of options, to be honest. So we are um, very much on the path um, for the Commonwealth Games at, at this minute in time. And then well, um, we'll see what the future holds. Well, listen, we've had, Team GB had a great uh, Tokyo Olympics. You know, that really does set the, the path for these next up-and-coming fighters to have a great Olympics out in Paris. And, of course, as you mentioned, you've got the, the Commonwealth Games. So, you know, hats off to the youngsters out there that are working ever so hard to try and make Paris. And, you know, I'm pretty sure if whoever does come, whoever does make these final decisions could take everybody on that plane, then they would. But um, it is a very difficult process, especially when you're around Team GB. But it does wonders for these guys when they do eventually decide to turn pro. And you only have to look at Fighters such as, you know, Anthony Joshua, Josh Kowatsi, Lance Coley, Amir Khan, you know, that have come through the Olympic route. And don't forget Floyd Mayweather, you know, um, Andre Ward, all these guys, Alexander Usyk, they all come through the Olympic route. They've gone on to have tremendous careers. So um, massive shout out to Aaron and of course, massive shout out to Macaulay and yourself, Shiny. Um, and listen, fingers crossed, Macaulay, October 9th is an explosive start to your career. And uh, Shiny, also, fingers crossed to Aaron, heading over to the Commonwealth Games as well. Um, that's obviously all we've got time for on today's podcast. I, I could tell McCauley looks absolutely shattered. He did mention to me on uh, uh, Messenger on Instagram, he's had a, quite a few sessions at the gym today, but he's going to try and keep up. So, listen, I think he deserves another shout-out for going from start to finish. Shiny's definitely working these boys to the very, very end in the gym. Um, Shiny, McCauley... Guys, really appreciate your time. Thank you very much for joining us. And if you want to know more about Shiny and McCauley, and of course, Aaron, their social media links are below in the description. Make sure you give them a follow and make sure you check out October the 9th because not only have we got Wilder versus Fury 3, not only have we got, hopefully got Yard versus uh, Lyndon Arthur 2, we've also got another fine prospect starting off in the pro side of boxing. Um, and if you want to listen to this podcast on uh, Spotify, the link is going to be below in the description. And make sure you hit that subscribe button and make sure you give us a follow on all the social media platforms. And that's all we've got time for today. Thank you for listening to podcast 39 of the Lights Out Boxing Podcast.